0: What's up guys, it's Mike and Mark uh, from LRMOnline.com bringing you another episode of LRM TV Podcast. Um, this week, with it being uh, in between Christmas and New Year's, and basically all of the major television shows are on hiatus right now for their winter break, um, we're actually going to take this time to dedicate this uh, show to remembering a iconic legend in the Star Wars franchise, but also in the Hollywood franchise, Carrie Fisher, who just passed away earlier this week. Um, And we'll give her thoughts about uh, the the tragic news that came out this week about her passing and um, the impact she had in both of our lives with Star Wars and basically the roles that she did later on in also um, in Hollywood. We'll also give our thoughts on the reactions that we're getting to rogue one now now that the movie's been out for about two weeks it's kind of starting to settle in you have it's basically a divided group uh, a group of people that really love it and a group of people that are kind of not anti rogue one but are not giving it um the the praise and um and the the credit that a lot of the older Star Wars fans I think is what we'll talk about are are given it there's kind of a there's two sides to this and it's getting really interesting um and then we'll finish it off with uh this week both Arrow and Flash came out with trailers for their mid-season premieres uh starting back up in January uh both had interesting kind of tales going on there and leaving off with some little cliffhangers uh they kind of address those cliffhangers in the trailers, but not to the full extent. So we'll give our thoughts on where the shows are going what directions they may be trying to take on and then Mark's gonna give his take on how hard it is to find an NES classic right now. He's basically Gone everywhere. He's even you know tried to sell his soul to get one and still cannot <laughs> get one. So uh, Let's start off though with talking about Carrie Fisher. So this week uh, we had the tragic news Um, Carrie Fisher uh, suffered a cardiac arrest um, in mid-flight on her way from London to Los Angeles and never truly recovered after that. And uh, about 24 to 48 hours later, she did pass away in the hospital. Um, And then roughly 24 hours later uh, after her passing, um, her mother uh, passed away. Debbie Reynolds, who was also another Hollywood icon. Um, Carrie Fisher was basically known for one major role, an iconic role of being Princess Leia. Um, I wrote an article earlier, um, shortly after her passing, basically how she revolutionized uh, the role of being a princess. And um, and I'll give my thoughts on that in a second. But um, Mark, let me just start off with you. Uh, You know, when the news came about that Carrie Fisher had passed away, kind of what were your thoughts going through your head?
1: You know, when I when uh, she first um, had the heart attack, um, I just, you know, it, it took me by surprise. And I had thought that, you know, I hoped for the best, but thought that it might not be going in in a great direction. And, you know, and then she passed and it was, you know, for for people who grew up watching Star Wars, you know, or were born around the, that time or. Um, during that era, it, um, it was a major loss, um, you know, a great actress, um, but also really revolutionized for me, I think what it meant to be like, kind of like you said, like this, this princess, like you talked about, because it was much different than the archetypal role of what a princess is. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for the time, you know, uh, seventies, eighties, uh, really had, I think, um, a strong push for, um, just, just the strong female, you know, um, being that role of princess Leia being a, a, leader, um, you know, a commander, um, out in the field fighting with all the guys. She wasn't just this like, like I said, this archetypal kind of damsel in distress role, you know, and even though the, obviously in a new hope and even in return of the Jedi, yes, she was captured at times and did have that, but then also got out there and fought as well. right? You know, and just this extremely iconic role. And, you know, I think, um, when you say star Wars, um, outside of obviously Darth Vader and, and, and Luke, like, you know princess leia is the the other big one that's always known um and to just you know lose lose her suddenly like that um especially with uh the episode seven being fairly fairly new and then obviously with rogue one um with what they did with the ending of that um and then as we look forward to episode eight just a lot of um a lot of uh different feelings going on with with her passing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, when I got news of it, it's kind of, it, you know, the first of her heart attack, it was kind of, you know, you you, you had hope and i like I had hope that maybe she might get through this, um but as basically time went on and there was no new news, I knew it wasn't good. Um uh, you know TMZ had reported that basically she was lifeless and you know that they carted her away um pretty fast out to the uh hospital and so uh, the the kind of concept uh, that Carrie Fisher brought to the role of Princess Leia was something very new. You know, when we talk about the architectural style of being a princess prior to Princess Leia, it was very Disney-esque, where it was a damsel in mm-hmm. distress and always needing a, a prince charming or a man to come to come save them, that they couldn't do it themselves. You know, in 1977, with the role of Princess Leia, that changes it all. I mean, basically, you think about it; uh, you look at the very. First of a new hope it's Darth Vader basically destroying all stormtroopers are killing off rebel pilots and, and soldiers and everything and there's Leia off running with the plan and R2 and then when she is captured she doesn't cower to Darth Vader. I mean she basically stands toe to toe with him and kind of shrugs him off and then later on you see This is one hell of a, you know, uh, rescue mission you've got here. And then she's like, it's not the detentable, you know, and then you go into the garbage shooting and stuff. So um, that kind of changed the game of what principles of are. And so you can even see in the, in the article that I wrote, is that you notice that even Disney took that approach afterwards, that pro- uh, I- previous what, two years ago uh, frozen, is that now the princesses are more independent women that are trying to break out of the mold of being, you know, the damsel of distress. And so her role will live on forever. And so um it, it just shows the amount of support and, you know, and remembrance that you've seen online and throughout um the the world, you know, mainly the United States for for this person You know, Carrie Fisher passing away is unbelievable. So you know that even though she will always be remembered for Princess Leia, that work that she did was something else. I I mean, it's iconic. It will live on forever. Um, What kind of shocked me, though, was that I didn't know this um, until basically news broke out, but that she didn't have her own Hollywood star. Um, Really? Yeah, and so uh, a fan actually created a makeshift Hollywood star um, uh, in... And um sure. in Hollywood and wrote on there Carrie Fisher may the force be with you and then hope underneath it and they've actually kept it there uh the the people in charge of the Hollywood Squares um out in front of the Chinese theater and stuff have kept it there and people have been laying flowers and you know remembrance of her and everything like that but now she they said that if she had stayed alive they probably would have been able to fast track her on here but now the rules state that if the uh, actor actress passes away you have to wait five years in order to get the hollywood star so i think that some rules gonna have to change for that one because i just i don't i don't see how you can wait five years for somebody who you know had such a, a powerful impact in hollywood um not just through star wars but through all the other things she did um you know, I knew that she was a script doctor, you know, prior to when the new Star Wars uh, trilogy started to come out with uh, Force Awakens, but I didn't know how many scripts she actually worked on. And it was, you know, the amounts that she, like the movies that I've seen that she's like doctored up and stuff like that is unbelievable. So um, I, I think, you know, they're going to have to change that role for her or just make an addendum for one time to allow Carrie Fisher to have her own Hollywood star. Um,
1: yeah. And, you know, I think it's going to make, um, especially when episode eight comes out even more emotional and more of an impact. Kind of like when, um, you know, after like Heath Ledger had passed away, just how people viewed like the dark Knight, Um, you know what I mean? It just, it it gave it a different feel to it, I guess. Um, which I'm sure will happen. Um, Next year, or this, oh, yeah, yeah
0: this, next year, I, I, you know, I'm pretty, it's pretty safe to say I think that episode eight will probably blow away the numbers of of uh, episode seven, um, just from this factor alone, you know, because we're we're about a year away from episode eight, and so the, the memory of Carrie Fisher will still be fresh and it'll be her last role. And you know, that all the old Star Wars fans and the older generation will go see this movie they'll we'll see this movie see Carrie Fisher one more time. Um, the the question I, I want to ask you is what do you think they're gonna do episode nine because we we got the news that they're basically content with that they've done all the filming and everything, that episode eight is wrapped up. How do you think
1: much more of a prominent role in episode eight. Um, So do you either do something with it, you know, at the end of episode eight or maybe something's already done, you know, I I don't know, but do you, it's odd, you know, I think a lot of times it's up to, um, you know, the director and the writers and whatnot, because you can either do, you know, something like they did with, uh, Will Smith's character in the Second Independence Day, where they just kind of had this side thing and wrote him out of it. Yeah. Um. Or, or, like they did with Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight Rises, and they didn't even acknowledge it. But I think it's she's too big of a character across the entire um, series to just not mention. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. They're either gonna, I think, have to do something in episode eight, or I don't know, or or do something at the very beginning of episode nine. I don't know if there's, you know, cut footage or anything like that that they can, you know. I mean, obviously, with what they can do with CGI, as you've seen in Rogue One, like they can, I mean, bring characters back to life. You know what I mean? I, I just, I don't know if it's gonna be done in episode eight. Or beginning of episode nine, but um, you know, I, I think if her character was supposed to factor into episode nine, that's obviously something that they're going to have to go back and, um, you know, a- and and adapt in whatever way is necessary.
0: Yeah, I really think there's only three options you have here. Um, is option number one is you? There's plenty of stories that are like novels that are written that kind of connect the movies together Mm -hmm. so you dedicate one of those novels that are written book form and address her character you know princess leia's character there and kill her off that way that would probably be the cheapest version or cheapest way to do it um you know it would it be a proper send off probably not um and you know I, i don't think disney's gonna do it that way but if it was a smaller budget film, um, you know, franchise type deal. I could see that definitely happen. Um, the other way they could go about it the second way is that they recast Leia for one movie. Um, you know, do I think, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's an option Mm kind of like what they did. Um, you know, when um I forgot the actor's name, but in the first Harry Potter, Dumbledore was um, Oh yeah. He passed the, the 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 actor who played Dumbledore passes away, passed away, and then in the second through the seventh film they replaced him. Um and but I think the reason why it was easy to replace him that way is because there was no type of like t- attachment or tie into that version right. of Dumbledore. You weren't, you know, four or
1: five movies in. And I feel like it was easier to mask just even his appearance right. cuz he had like a large beard and the hair. Yeah, so yeah, for I just kids think it wouldn't be difficult. Um, and
0: then you know and then um, not necessarily death but also when um what's it, uh um in when Maggie Gyllenhaal um, took over Oh, yeah. Um in the for dark Katie night. Holmes. Yeah, for Katie Holmes. Ooh. There we go. Yeah. Um, Basically, you had there is that, you know, one an actor didn't want to come back and play that role and stuff, and there was you know conflict there. So that's a you know recasting. You could do it for one more you know one more movie. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not, because I mean that they're going to basically claim that is Carrie Fisher's role as as Leia. And that's
1: the thing I think with such an iconic, not only character actress in series i just think it's too difficult to try and recast that right you know
0: um so basically that leaves the third and final option and that's you know use cgi and we Mm. saw it in rogue one um with grand moff tarkin and with princess leia it's it's kind of ironic you Mm -hmm. know that you see that but it was the article came out or you know um last week that you know Carrie Fisher was too old to do the CGI for her younger self, so they had another actress come in that had similar features. So you could do that way. We've seen it done on the Fast and the Furious with Paul Walker's death and how they finished up the movie with his character by using his brother's and then basically digitalizing his face on his brother's, you know, face. And um, from there, you know, that's probably gonna be the best way to go about it and um, and you know Disney's not gonna not gonna cut you know cut corners on that there I mean if it can save them a dollar you know they're they're not gonna care they're just basically gonna spend as whatever type of money they can to to make sure that it looks legit but I think if they do it that way the role is going to be very minimal and it's going to be taken care of in probably the first 30 minutes or you'll see it less than probably 15 minutes of total footage of that version of princess Leia. Um, You know, so you could either do a, a book version where you get an entire novel, you know, dedicated to princess Leia and, you know, having her die off at the very end. And then, you know, people will just have to read the book in order to know what happened to Leia, And then they can just reference it in episode nine. um, Or you go the other two routes, you recast it or you do CGI effect. Yeah. Just that's a, that's a decision that I would not want to have to make right there.
1: No. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. Um, If anything, like I said, I think, I mean, you know, unless something would happen in episode eight, but, Otherwise, I I think probably the best way to go would be CGI and just do it early in Episode 9. Right. Um, Because I think everybody would understand that a little, understand the reasoning for it. Uh, Because I know with some of the CGI in Rogue One, people are kind of like either, you know, excited about it or like, no, why did they use that? Which is pretty cool, the concept of what they were trying to do. But there, I guess that I guess for some of the reasoning, since there's been such a large amount of time, people might be why some of the people have an issue. But with Carrie Fisher, I think people would understand with how recent it is and in the middle of this um, this last three here. Right. You know, I think the easiest way to do it would do that and you know do something with it early rather than later.
0: Yeah. The good thing is is that, that basically Lucasfilm and Disney have what, three years to make this decision? Um It's not like... Yeah, you right. Know, episode 9 is coming out this December and they, they haven't finished filming and, you know, half the scenes are, are gone and stuff like that. Um, uh, very... Um, who was the... What was the actor's name? Gosh, it, I see his face. Uh He was in The Hunger Games um and the last two, he, he had a major role. Oh, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman? Philip Seymour Hoffman and stuff like that. Like, basically, you know, they had you know what film they already needed from him and stuff like that mm-hmm. it basically didn't affect the the latter part of the the movie and stuff like that um you know and they addressed it kind of ish you know near the end of the the second movie and stuff so mm-hmm. um you know you know i'm wondering if they just kind of do that they they use the film that they have and then you know maybe at the end of episode eight you a little one two minute thing we see something that addresses it or they just say, you know what, we're going to deal with it in episode nine and just yeah. figure out that way. Um, so while, you know, it's very tragic, uh, what happened, you know, with Carrie Fisher, um, you know, are basically the, the remainder remainder of this new trilogy, you know, is going to have heavy thoughts with her even into episode nine, uh, when it does come out. So, um, you know it's unfortunate it happened and but it shows you how much her role and her uh how important she was to a lot of people um during this time period absolutely yeah all right so now moving on um rogue one been out for 2 weeks um everybody's covered the the reviews which is that's fine you know like i'm not really into the reviews of of movies everybody has their own opinion and it is what it is um to me though what i've noticed online um is that there's two groups with this movie <laughs> there's one group that absolutely loves it and ranks it this movie,
1: you know some people love it so much that they can Um uh,
0: the best Star Wars movie of them all. Some put it, you know, behind a New Hope. Some put it behind a hoop uh, you know, a New Hope and um you know, Empire Strikes Back and somewhere around there. But then there's another group that basically calls this movie garbage. Um not necessarily garbage, but just doesn't see you know like why everybody loves it so much and stuff and it's not a a direct hate on the movie it's just they i think it's the tarnish of the prequels and the force awakens um you know from some of these uh like i don't know what uh, like not necessarily die hard star wars fans but just kind of ones that you know have a set way of looking seeing star wars and they basically felt that they that this was not a star wars movie um how, like, what? what's your thought, Mark, like, basically? Um... You
1: know, it, it's interesting cause, because what I have noticed is that the people who don't seem to like it, from what I've gathered, they don't like it because there aren't Jedi in it. Right. And the, And, but also, the majority, so, like, I feel like people who like it are from what, who i've talked to are like our age and and back so people who were either i mean I, like we were really young when the the original three came out or else not even born right you no know? right. but like yeah it was still because let's see when did return of the jedi came out was that 86? No, 83 83 83, 83. my yeah. gosh okay yeah. so but it still was 77 so like, 88 Okay, Uh, so they were. It's still something that I remember growing up watching on, like you know, my my dad had them on on VHS, right? Right. But um, dude, my dad had them on Beta. He thought, oh wow,
0: yeah, he thought Beta was gonna be the 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 thing, the thing, and that blew up in his face. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops.
1: Um, everything looks better in hindsight, right? Oh yeah. Um, but so what I did notice is some of the people who. Most of the people who I talked to who didn't like it were like maybe like 26, 25, stuff like that. And what I realized – this may not have anything to do with it at all. But that's also a lot of the ones who grew up with like more of the Star Wars like cartoons, which were very much more Jedi-centric. Yeah, Not that the original three – or A New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi weren't, but there was – there were – other things to it you know what I mean and a lot of the cartoons that were newer now even if you think about it it's like it's Jedi everything and all the Jedis and lightsabers and so I don't know if that has anything to do with it but no that that's a great to point. kind of be the divide
0: no because think about it all right so what, like do you remember the Star Wars cartoons that were out when we were kids what they were about? You had one Mm -hmm. about C-3PO and R2-D2 that lasted all, like, what, eight, nine episodes and stuff. Right. And then the other Star Wars cartoon that we had was about the Ewoks. And that was it. Like, in the 80s, that was, after Return of the Jedi, that was the only two. So we were, like, basically um, set with cartoons that had nothing to do with luke skywalker darth vader nothing like that right, it was basically exactly. yep. adventures and Endor and you know c-3PO and r2d2 go on a grand mm-hmm. scale so it was kind of like i'm already programmed for a star wars universe to be without jedi and then the video games that i remember playing about star wars early on oh yeah were on my pc with x-wing and, and, and yeah and it, TIE Fighter was, and stuff.
1: Or, or you had like even if you think of the like nintendo game i mean you know, you had like a blaster, you know what I mean? Right. Like it was yeah. like you had, you, yeah. So I think, but then once you start moving forward and after that, you know, there was a bit of a hiatus, but then when it started to come back, everything, you know, it was like all about the Jedi's.
0: Right. Yeah. Especially clone wars, you know, basically yep. it was so Jedi centric. So anybody,
1: well, you know- and think about even the video games now, if oh, you think about the that. most modern video, um, what was the one? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know the name. Um,
0: we have Battlefront that's come out most recently, and that basically
1: um, even before that, where you were you were the Jedi, and um, oh my gosh, I don't, I'm drawing it. Oh, complete Force Unleashed, right or now
0: Force uh, Force Unleashed on PlayStation. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yep.
1: yes. You know, but once again, Jedi, you know, one lightsaber, two lightsabers. You know what I mean? Like right. So I feel like that seems to be kind of the the difference. Right. Yeah. I mean.
0: It's definitely, the, there's that group of, of people, I think the reason why it's not, is so attached to them is because it's, there really isn't a lot of ties to the, uh kind of the lore and what made the, you know, the, the both trilogies, the prequels and the original, um you know, kind of mystic and so forth was with the Jedi and lightsabers and so forth and that seeing just a, a group of just regular individuals um be part of the rebellion was wasn't entertaining for them. Um
1: right, exactly.
0: But to me, I, I think you know, I wrote an article basically that Rogue One is now to in my eyes the most important movie because it opens up the doors for so much more. So like, like you said, we were so Jedi centric in the original trilogy and the prequels, it was so focused on the Jedi Way, Jedi Way, Jedi Way. When now we finally have a Star Wars movie that only has a two-minute clip of a, a lightsaber. We don't see a Jedi. We see Darth Vader. That's it. Um, and then, you know, it has links, which this is the main reason why I thought it was so this movie so important, was that there are actual ties to the TV shows. And, um, you know, you have Saw Gerrera, who was in the Clone Wars as a, a Jedi, and, you know, ends up, be, you know, um, in Rogue One being basically... A you know, rebellious leader extremist in his in most people's eyes. And then you also have a quick glimpse of the ghost ship of that's in Star Wars Rebels, which is airing now. So what I said was basically this is the first time in movie history that you see the movies acknowledge TV. And so what that does is now it opens up doors so that anything that happened on the TV shows are now canon and you can now take part in it. Um, it's kind of like the, the argument that a lot of people are making now with the Marvel Netflix series is that the Marvel Netflix series with Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, they acknowledge that the Avengers are around, but the Avengers and none of the movies ever acknowledge that Daredevil and Luke Cage are around. And it would be nice if you could have that. You don't have to have them full on in the, in the movies, but you know a lot of fans want it to be nice. So I think that little bit of what we saw in rogue one is super important because now we don't have to have star wars movies focused on luke skywalker or darth vader anymore it's just straight up star wars that it's the empire versus the rebellion Um, the the one thing i did like about the force awakens was that luke you know mark hamill's character luke skywalker wasn't in it but all of like 30 seconds so it's creating a new cast of characters somebody new because that was kinda what i was worried about with you know the new trilogy was that it would kind of be a rehash of the old which it kind of was i mean don't get me wrong i thought force awakens was a direct uh, ripoff of a new hope but at least it's with a new band of characters so um i don't know i just like i don't understand why some people just like hate this movie so much um Because, I I mean, I didn't think it was, like, the the, Phantom Menace or anything like that, you know, where, because, you know, I was still two weeks out away from seeing it, and I'm still, you know, thinking that it's a great movie. But it wasn't like Phantom Menace where I was, like, leaving the, I remember, do you remember Phantom Menace leaving the the theater thinking that was the best thing in the world and then realizing, wait, what did I just watch?
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, I think the only reason why I thought that was because, well, one, I was excited a new Star Wars movie came out. But too, the Darth Maul scene, like, oh yeah, at least that's what um, we uh, like ended with, you know. Um, which, which is interesting. I I, I watched um, um, this uh, clip the other day. I talked about uh, how Darth Maul um, actually in the Star War Star Wars, um, you know, mythos, I guess, would like could re- like not regenerate but his brother or something like Savage that Press. Yeah. yes uh, ended up like finding him right and right. he mm-hmm. and like giving him the robotic like bottom half of right. his body
0: yeah because in the clone wars um the tv show it, it's so darth maul it comes from a race of of um, of men that basically are subjected to women called the Night Sisters, and they're righteous and they create, you know, basically these massive warriors. They use these scrawny little men that they control and they, you know, boost them up with mystic powers, and then boom, you get a Darth Maul or a Savage Maul right and stuff like that. So, um, Dooku or Asaj Ventress or Dooku, I forgot it was, wanted another version of, of, uh, Darth Maul, so they create Savage Opress, which is the brother of Darth Maul, and he ends up becoming free and going looking for for Maul. Maul ends up surviving, you know, ep- you know the the ordeals of uh, what happened to him from Obi Wan, and he when you first see him, he's got spider legs. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, saw and that. And then he's able to uh, create his with the help of Savage, he's able to create. Um, bionic legs that are look yeah. more more humanistic and so forth. So should be and, awesome. I always yeah.
1: wanted to see more of Darth
0: Maul. And Darth Maul is now in the Star Wars Rebels show um, and he's kind of not necessarily uh, a true villain, but he's using uh, one of the main characters on the show to help him aid his hunt for Obi-Wan Kenobi and kind of that, the mid-season finale left off of that Obi-Wan Kenobi was going, like, basically living on Tatooine and now Darth Maul is going after him. And so we may get to see that in the show. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah, what that does, though, with, with Rogue One, including that little clip of the ghost ship, now we could have Darth Maul come back in some sort of form in, in an anthology movie. Right. Or, you know, episode 8, 9, or whatever, because... Technically, with the way that he's set up, you know, he could live a lot longer than the average human being, being a sure. a product of the Night Sisters and stuff. So, right, absolutely, yeah. The, just that little clip alone, right there with the ghost ship, adds in so much. And oh, absolutely, yeah. With Saw Guerrero coming in from the Clone Wars, now all the things that happened there, it it makes it a lot easier. And also, um, the um, oh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, come back to me later, but you know, it's just. I think that a lot of the people that are viewing this movie negatively are going in with it expecting one thing and getting something different. I think a lot sure, of people yeah. thought that, and some, you know, some have valid arguments. I will say that one of the arguments I did hear, you know, from a fan was that the trailers and all the commercials make it seem like there's all these extra scenes in the movie that never appear, um, you know, and stuff, and it's, they said it was kind of misleading because. Um, hmm. The like the iconic scene that you see in the commercials is you see Jen walking out on that uh, platform. You see the Tie Fighter raise up, and that doesn't happen in the movie. Um, and there's a couple other things that you know that are um, out there like that. So I can understand that if you feel like you got gipped, but at the same time, gosh,
1: who did who do they think they are cutting all these scenes? They think they're DC or something? I know, seriously. I mean,
0: that's what <laughs> that's what my argument was is that look. You could have it one of two ways. You can have it where it's like Rogue One. You see these commercials and you see these trailers and you see all this footage and it doesn't end up in the movie and you're like, you're then you're sitting there and saying, well, I didn't get to see this stuff. Okay. Or you could be in the other boat, like Batman vs Superman, where we got to see the entire movie in the trailers and the commercials from the TV. So when we actually did see the movie, we basically saw every good part of the movie. Right. Exactly. So it's like, what do you want? Like, I yeah. Exactly. So like, with all these people that are complaining about this movie and stuff, you know, I understand certain points, and I can, but to to not validate this movie and, and show the importance of it is just idiotic. And to me, like, I think you you hit it really clear that. It's a, it's just an age gap. You, you there's a you know, certain group of people that are used to the Jedi way.
1: I kind of compare it to, um, it may sound like an odd comparison, but um, to like people who either love or hate Batman Returns.
0: Oh yes. you know, like,
1: yeah, like like for me, I I really like it. Like I do, I understand people's argument. Absolutely. Like yeah, I don't know why the penguin is like black. Whatever is coming out of his mouth, I get that. But it was also, like, when I grew up and how, what I remember from watching it. And I think that's kind of the same thing that people are doing when they're comparing this to whatever they grew up with.
0: Right. Um, no, there's – anybody who says that Batman Returns was horrible is absolutely out of their freaking mind. <laughs> and all you got to say is, have you ever seen Batman and Robin? I mean – Oh, Exactly. Look, the first three batman movies unbelievable batman and robin take it to a different yeah. level so it you know that will go down in history as the worst of the worst oh yeah um so we get rogue one han solo's already in in play for the next anthology movie what's the third one do you think they're going to do
1: I just read an article today, and they were talking about having – I mean, I don't know if it would be centered around this individual, but at least it'd be a prominent figure, and it was Boba Fett. Um, like I said, I don't know if that means it would be specifically about him. I doubt that, but seems to maybe play somewhat of a large role, and I feel like I've heard that even more than through this article. I feel like I've heard that whispered throughout for a while now that there would be some focus on Boba Fett somewhere down the line.
0: Yeah, I think it, it's been mentioned and it was kind of like when they did the first in, like when they first mentioned the anthologies that this was going to be in play like Boba Fett and stuff. My only issue is is that if you do that, okay? So we Rogue One takes place in between episode 3 and episode 4. So the original and the prequels Han Solo will take place at the same exact time period in between the prequels. If you do a Boba Fett, it's going to take place in the same exact time period. So that's mm-hmm. going to be, instead of an anthology, that's going to basically be its own trilogy in itself. Yeah, that's true. So if it happens, I, I don't see, you know... If you do a Bounty you... Hunter movie, it's it's going to make money, um, you know, and it's going to do well. I just don't see that... Why do – when you have so much of a universe to cover and so much of a story, why do it in the same like 20-year time period?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. I would rather honestly see it interestingly from a a villain's perspective, right? something, some story, whatever that is. I mean maybe I'm – something that I was interested in after watching The Force Awakens was – like and I don't know if this there might you know this might be too far forward. It'll probably be easier to go backwards, and maybe they'll still dive into it. But like, what in the world happened with Kylo Ren? Right, like what made him
0: Night, like the Knights of the Ren? Right,
1: um, yeah. So I mean, maybe that's something that'll still be covered in episodes eight and nine. I don't know, but like that's I think that could be something, or or I don't know. Just seeing like you know we see this. Um, all of this from you know like with Rogue One and Han Solo like that's one side of it I think it'd be interesting to see or have a movie from like the other side you know what they should do
0: is a stormtrooper training movie kind of like full metal jacket where you see a boot camp like the Marine Corps boot camp and stuff like that That would be amazing to see what Uh it's like to to be training to be uh, a stormtrooper That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I'm kind of in your in your boat. There is that they need to do a villain. Um, Boba Fett definitely is the popular one to do, but mm-hmm. you could. There's so many more options. You could do, you know, the original Sith. How did they, you know, how did they yeah. start up and go way back? You know, do you know kind of one of the big popular games in Star Wars history is Knights of the um, Knights of the Old Republic, which basically mm-hmm. covers the the Jedi way before this. You know. Darth Vader Luke Skywalker time period and do something like that um you know I I, th- I think Boba Fett's the safe route I think they took a they took a gamble with Rogue One by creating all these new characters and you know using a storyline that was kind of you know up in the air and it worked and I think they need to do that again I think the Han Solo will be fine I think you could put Boba Fett even in the Han Solo movie And that will be fine. Because, I mean, you're bringing back Lando Calrissian, you know. Yeah. So, might as well do that. Throw Boba Fett in there. And then just take a gamble and try to do something new and something, you know, creative. Um, Or, you know, because I I think if you do three anthologies in the same time period, it's going to, it's, I don't know. It's just, it'll be too safe for me. Um, Right. And with so much Star Wars, you know, out there and galaxy stuff. Out there, I think it would be, you know, really interesting something um to do. All right, yeah, so probably. I think we've basically covered Rogue One all the way through, you know, and the thoughts ones and stuff. Um, Arrow and Flash came out this week with uh, their mid-season premiere trailers. Let's talk about Arrow first. So when we last left off, the last clip that we saw of Arrow was Laurel Lance's back. Now with the new trailer. You see the group kind of toasting, you know, champagne. That Laurel's back, and she's really not. Um, and so, the the confident guess in theory is is that this is actually Black Siren from um, from Earth Two. That we was it in the Flash that we saw the uh, yep. Black Siren. Yep, Flash from last season, who was working with Zoom, and basically now Zoom is gone. Killer Frost and Vibe are gone from um, Reverb, I'm sorry. Reverb. Uh, Reverb are gone from Earth 2. So basically Black Siren is left alone on Earth 2. So maybe she got bored and wanted to come over into <laughs> the Arrow universe and, you know, start up some trouble there. Um, what do you think about Laurel Lance or Black Siren or whatever, Black Canary coming back um, so soon?
1: Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out what capacity she's going to be used in because I mean her actual, when it comes to like her actual powers and even some of the way she acts, it's actually much more um, representative of the comics than what we've previously had Mm -hmm. Um, but she seems to have some sort of hidden agenda which I can't figure out what it might be so I don't is this going to be a tie to um, Prometheus, or is this like its own separate entity? I'm not. I'm honestly not really sure. So um, if
0: let's if if Laurel stays or Black Siren whoever stays on this show, are you content with that?
1: Um, I am. Uh, the reason is is because I. I had a problem with the last Laurel Lance because it just, you know, I've talked about it before. It just, it didn't seem realistic for the grounding that it was in at the time. Right. Mm, like right. we've talked about before everybody's had training and she took like two a month of boxing. Right. And then she was fighting crime. It just, and none of it just, it didn't fit for me. Um, I think Laurel does need to be in the picture because Once again, if we're going with the actual Green Arrow universe, um, obviously a a prominent figure, right? Right. Um, I think this could be a way to do that Um, and make her... Obviously not realistic isn't the right word, but just... I don't know. It would be more appropriate to the comics. It would make more sense if she's actually fighting along them alongside with them. Um, it would obviously create drama in many other ways, whether it's Captain Lance, whether it's Sarah Lance, right um, the group in general, or like I said, you know, is she good or is she bad sort of thing. So, I mean, it has a lot of possibilities. I'm just curious to see what way they go with it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I,
0: like I'm with you. I'm, I'm kind of half and half because, you know, being a follower of the Green Arrow and the comic book series, it's like you can't have anybody else. Like, that was my whole thing with Felicity is that no one really needs to be with the Green Arrow except for the Black Canary. And that's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's like Superman needs to be with Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, it mm-hmm. just, it, that's... It's been the core, it has to be the core. It's just one of those things. It's nothing against um you know the character of felicity or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it's just that's what it, so if they could somehow some way manipulate it so that laurels back into the play as the black canary um and not necessarily throw it right in as the 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 love life of you know Oliver and you know the green arrow but a better relationship you know than what we saw in the previous use of laurel lance i think that would be enormous um but at the same time you know this show has done it has it, really followed the the concept of the comic book realm of no one really is dead you know right because we saw sarah die and she got brought back from the lazarus pit um you know um Oliver's been dead I don't know how many times and he comes back and so in the comic book world no one's really ever dead so by doing this you you continue that trend um is it too soon that's like we're basically I think that you have such a great storyline going on with Prometheus and all that whole thing that I, I hope it doesn't overshadow that 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 right They've done such a great job, you know, bringing back the show. And I know it's it's still a work in progress and, you know, so many fans have kind of given up on it. But the ones who've stuck with it have, have said as, you know, as a whole that this show basically is back to where its roots were um, in season one and season two. So, you know, I just hope that they keep the Prometheus storyline and, you know, that concept going because where no. it was going is great.
1: Another way that it could throw things off, but in a good way, is and I'm going to go back to this, even though it may not be true. But if um, Prometheus was Tommy Elliot, Ooh. that would then throw another curve into it because of his relationship with Laurel um, from season one. Yep. You know, because then there's this new Laurel, and Prometheus knows everything about everyone, but he doesn't know that. He would also know that Laurel is dead, right? right. So even if it's not Tommy Elliott, even if it's someone else, like the idea of Laurel being back, quote-unquote, would throw off Prometheus' plan as well. You know what I mean?
0: You are right. I mean, I didn't even think about that. So you bring Tommy back. Uh,
1: yeah. Like and like I said, even if it's not Tommy, even if it's like Shadow or someone else that we talked about, like Prometheus' plan, he's always been one step are two steps, three steps ahead of Oliver, right? He's, right. He's had everything planned out and everything's gone, exactly how he has known that Oliver and the rest of the of the group of Team Arrow would react. But he has he or she, whoever <laughs> Prometheus has not planned Laurel to be in on any of that. You know what I mean? Because right. they would have known that Laurel was dead. So to have this new laurel or old laurel or whatever laurel it is, um, that could actually work and Team Arrow's favor against Prometheus.
0: Oh, you're right. I mean, that is that's a good way of putting it together. Um, if they can if they can tie it in to the Prometheus storyline, I'm content with it. But if this is just a, 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 a throwaway story just yeah, to get ratings exactly. and stuff like, yeah, then you know that's that's not. I, I think that's going in the wrong direction. Um, yep. So, um, all right. Moving on to Flash. Okay. So we last left off with the uh, with Barry Allen basically getting glimpse of the future, seeing um, Savitar kill Iris. You know, in front of Barry, he wants to go back and fix it, but Jay Garrick tells him not to go fix it. But we see in the trailer for the mid season premiere that basically it's this vision, this this side of the future is basically eating at Barry and he's going to go back and and basically go ahead and, and try to um, stop the future, going as Jay Garrick's word. My thoughts on this are that if we go ahead with the storyline, are we not just getting the same storyline we got with Barry going back in time and saving his mom? Right. And basically getting another version of Flashpoint.
1: Um, and then it's and then also kind of rehashing the storyline that it's already in because what you're also going to get now is if he does go and do this, then you're gonna have the rest of the group upset with him that, he went back and changed something for himself, right. but not for them.
0: Right, especially Cisco. I mean, If, Cisco, we, right. if we have to rehash Cisco, uh, don't get me wrong. His brother's death is important and stuff, and Cisco has every right to mourn over it. But if we get another issue between Barry and Cisco about him not going back and saving, you know, um, saving you know his Barry going back and saving his brother and stuff like that. I think we're just recycling stories over and over. We're not getting anything new. right?
1: um... Although on the plus side, some things that I've seen, not necessarily from the trailer, but just from um, like set pictures and stuff. It does look like, you know, you're going to see obviously Wally and Barry and Jesse Quick and then Gorilla. Um, yeah come back to and it looked like really was fighting Savitar possibly which looked kind of cool yeah or there's some yeah so that looks like it has potential but i agree i i feel like they're getting into the the habit of just kind of doing the same thing right you know and it just i don't know
0: i mean It's amazing, too, because I ran a a poll on Twitter to see, like, you know, what were people's thoughts on which was the best show so far in this season going up to mid season premiere. And it was overwhelmingly for The Flash. Um, I don't know. It's just, don't get me wrong, The Flash is so great and everything. I'm not going to stop watching The Flash anytime soon. Right, yeah. But this season, not so. I think that there's better better shows out there. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think that Legends of Tomorrow is better than than, uh, than, Flash right now, just storyline. Speaking of Legends of Tomorrow, did you see the news that they're going to make, or it's not going to be George Lucas, but George Lucas is going to be on Legends of Tomorrow? I did the see character, that. That's going to be awesome. That'd be so great. So, basically, like, they, they mess with the timeline, and George Lucas doesn't do Star Wars or Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark, and that causes uh, John and... Um, and uh, and what's his name, uh, Ray, to basically lo- not have the passion to go into science and history and stuff <laughs> because of those movies. That's awesome. awesome. So, that's I mean, cool. like, that's what I love about uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Is that basically it's a parody show. It makes fun of itself and everything. And it's just like, how can we incorporate pop culture, history, and stuff? So, that's really cool. Yeah. So, but um, let's. So, out of the two, Arrow and Flash, which one are you excited to see the most going coming back?
1: Um, I mean, I'd still say Arrow, um, mainly because not even for the return of Laurel, but I want to, I, I really want to know who Prometheus is. (laughs) Like I really want. yeah, this one's actually been a good one. Like
0: trying to figure out who this bad guy is, has has been a good,
1: yeah. You know, like I said, I just, it, it just, my opinion on that keeps changing between like three different people, like based on the episode. Right. Um, And, you know, I I am excited for Flash, um, but like I said, I I just – I hope some things um, change on it. I'm excited to see more of Wally getting involved. Uh, I always liked Wally West in the comics. Um, So, you know, we'll see, but I'd I'd still have to say Arrow. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm
0: there with you too. I think you just trying to figure out who who Prometheus is um, and stuff and that mystery – You know, As long as the the Laurel Lance storyline doesn't cloud it, I I think we'll be all right. Absolutely. All right, finishing up here. Tell us how hard has it been to get an NES
1: Classic? Oh, my gosh. It has been ridiculous. And anybody that has tried to get one, or even those who have one, I'm sure know how difficult it is. But, I mean, you know, I'm on – I have two different um, apps that will, like, alert me when – um, you know, either a target or a Walmart in my area, um, has any in stock. And so, you know, even today I, I, um, looked on there around eight 30 and there were two targets in my area that had them and they opened at eight and I called both of them. Nope. Already gone. But like the craziest thing is, is like either stores like don't have them at all or when they do get shipments in the shipments are Maybe I, the most I've seen is three at most, so it's not even like they're getting sh- like. I don't even know. Like, I mean, okay, go you go to Best Buy and you look up and you see how many like Xboxes or Playstations oh, are tons. up there, and they're l- like, let's say twenty, right? Let's yeah. just say twenty. But to only like that just even seems odd to me that they would only send like three to a store.
0: How much does it piss you off that there's probably some kid out there? that for Christmas got it NES Classic and was like, what the hell is this? And threw it away.
1: Oh, yeah, like didn't want it, right? Yep. And just like... Oh.
0: Or is like sitting under some kid's bed right now and yeah. hasn't even been opened. and here well, you are trying to get one.
1: <laughs> exactly, right? And I mean, I get it. I know what Nintendo's doing. Nintendo's doing what they always do. You know, they did it with the Wii. Supply We've talked and about it. That's... Well, and, and they didn't do that with Wii U and yep. Wii U didn't, you know, it didn't sell as well. Right, so, exactly. So like, I get what they're doing, but like... You would still think that they'd send more than a couple out, but, I mean, they're obviously not, and that's what Nintendo does. They're kind of known for that, but it's still annoying nonetheless, right? Oh, <laughs> First world idea. problems, though. But hey, but you, you
0: know what, though? NES Classic, I think, is a lot better than uh, the VR world right now. So Yeah, sure. Can't... So, my wife asked me if I wanted the PlayStation VR set, which was... Mm-hmm extremely expensive and stuff and i was like i just couldn't imagine myself sitting in a room like with goggles on and stuff and playing right. not knowing what's going on around me like my wife making <laughs> fun of me or like spraying yeah. me with water or, yeah like,
1: like she's like obviously recording you or,
0: like there's gonna be you know that literally there's gonna be youtube videos of people playing something on the vr and then like their friends messing with them and stuff like that absolutely I mean, yeah There's like i see those commercials on TV now with like the Sony or the like Galaxy and stuff like that where you can put the phone in a VR goggle set and stuff like that and see around and they're out in the in the street and people are like oh what are you doing oh he's got a VR set and stuff like that and yeah, yeah no people are going to be stealing your wallet people are going to be Absolutely. like taking your shoes off you and running and stuff like that someone's
1: going to like walk into the street yeah oh oh my God. that's the one I'm waiting
0: for somebody with the VR goggles like walking around and kaboom into the street and then we have a a freaking meltdown of
1: or kids are wearing them to school and then the parents are upset that we're not letting them wear them at school or something stupid
0: oh i know i'm trying to do my homework yeah right so um the my neighbor actually got a drone that you have to wear the vr goggles on oh my god no way so i'm like wait a minute so basically you could sit in your living room and fly a drone around he's like yeah i was like just take the the difficulty out of it and stuff
1: so seriously
0: but whatever happened to just flying a kite? Uh,
1: yeah, right. No, nope, that's gone. exactly. Nice. Or so. playing Nintendo. Oh wait, we can't because oh, Nintendo no. is hoarding all of the classics. So,
0: hey, really quick though, uh, with Assassin's Creed basically bombing at the box office, do you think that Nintendo will try to do another movie? Like, I know it's Sony. It was Sony property and stuff like that and everything, or Ubisoft property. But basically, if that, um, if if it had done well enough or whatever, it was going to basically green light a couple different video game properties, but I guess it's not.
1: Oh man.
0: One of them was supposed to be Zelda, but,
1: Oh, I see. I so think a Zelda movie would work, especially when you look at Lord of the Rings and you know, uh, just cause I mean, that's pretty much what, you know, you, you can make it something along those lines. It would you know, work in just, a heartbeat. It yeah. would, but I, mean, I understand, I understand there hesitancy because if you think about it video game movies predominantly do not you know they are not very successful if you look at obviously mario brothers um assassin's creed doom
0: let's do it let's let's make our next episode that like why video game movies don't okay yeah i like that because i think we could really dive into that because i I mean resident evil has worked though to yeah, I mean to, that's to a niche and that's basically yeah. you're you're subjecting it to one specific audience and you're not expecting a big blockbuster hit and stuff like that. And yeah, that's true. You know, if you can tell I think you're good, but I think like we could real I, I I could spend probably 2 hours talking on why video game movies don't work at all. Okay, yeah, um, let's do that. Okay, so um we'll you know basically no we'll cover the news for the week and stuff like that and then cover our thoughts on why video game movies don't work or what they need to do. Cause I think there's, I think there's a formula there. I just yeah. think that Hollywood doesn't use it because of what they're used to. Um,
1: and no, I agree. Yeah, and stuff, I so I agree. So. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: So um, that's it for us this week. Make sure you check out our other uh, great podcasts that are uh, coming out. Um, Remember to check out Los Fanboys Podcast on iTunes uh, where Joseph, Kelvin, and Mario basically give their thoughts on all the film, TV um, news that is out there and pop culture news that's out there and give kind of their perspective of what's going on um, in the Hollywood world. Uh, check out Common Uno's weekly roundup where she gives a, a actual video podcast and she kind of breaks down what she's into for the week, what movies she saw, TV shows. Uh, comic books that are out there. Then you have nine-panel grid with Emmanuel and Jace, and basically they break down on a weekly basis what comics you should be reading, and go really in depth. and It's really a great podcast. If you're not listening or watching to it, and you're into comics, you're really missing out. Um, uh, they're basically getting set up for an entire new set show uh, coming up in this year. Um, check out Weekend Warrior with um, Edward Douglas. He just wrapped up his kind of last article for the year, and he's going on a little mini vacation. Um, But he gave his top 25 movies of the year and then his worst movies of the year and stuff. And um, if you are into movies but kind of hesitant on which ones to watch go off his list because the guy basically nails it every single time. Um, his, you know, whenever I have a question about a movie or if I'm hesitant to go see it, I kind of email him and get his thoughts and he'll give me the, the honest truth if I'll like it or not. And he's every time he's been on point, um, And so we're looking forward to uh, a new year, 2017 at LRM. Basically, we continue to keep on expanding. Um, We're making this, you know, this website and these podcasts, you know, we're just a bunch of fanboys out there giving you our thoughts and our opinions and why we love this, you know crazy world of comics that we we live in um and so hopefully we continue to grow and expand further and further and continue to reach out to more fanboys and fangirls out there so um i hope everybody has a safe and happy new year 2017 is closing in on us as fast as possible it's not a leap year thank you we don't get an extra day um and did you hear that we get an extra second though of 2016 because it's a leap year oh wow yeah so one second yeah, one whole second, you know, enjoy that one second that we get um, for 2016 because it's a Great. leap year. Um, maybe 2017 you will get your NES Classic. Maybe. Yeah. You know, what's surprising is that no one wants the Sega Genesis Classic, though. You can get yeah, those at no, Costco, sure. BJ's, wherever. Um, they're yeah, I like the like shelves. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to play Sonic the Hedgehog anymore. It's It's crazy, so um but that's it for us this week uh we'll see you guys next week 2017 we'll give you our update on the news uh our thoughts and everything and then why video game movies do not work or what needs to be done to get them to work so that's it for us happy new year all right dude um